6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Well, reaction continues to pour into the news that Canadian Blood Services is ending its ban on donations for men who have sex with men. Canadian Blood Services asked Health Canada to allow it to scrap questions about gender or sexuality, basing screening instead on higher risk sexual behaviour. It says starting no later than September 30th, potential donors will be asked if they have had new or multiple sex partners in the last three months, no matter their gender or sexual orientation. Uh, Some are calling this a victory. Some say it remains discriminatory. Let's find out why with Dr. Christopher Wells, the Canada Research Chair for the Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth at McEwen University. Dr. Wells, welcome back to the show. Happy Friday. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Uh, At first glance, I think a lot of people were really pleased with this news, but as we learned more details, the the devil is always in the details, isn't it, Dr. Wells? Yeah, absolutely. It is is good news, historic news, that finally uh, Canadian Blood Services, with the approval of Health Canada, is moving forward to what we we call a behaviour uh, based screening rather than uh, identity based. Um, uh, you know, for a long time, if you identified as being a, uh, a gay male or bisexual male or, or male who has sex with other males, um, you were uh, given a ban from uh, donating uh, blood. So it was it was discrimination based on your uh, sexual orientation. And so, you know what, at first, you're like, finally, your your, tweet, your Twitter uh, account was, you know, finally, this is, you know, due to the many advocates and members of the community who have been calling for changes for decades. And yes, this has been mm-hmm. ongoing for, for decades, as you said. But then kind of started questioning about mm, this could, in fact, still um, be discriminatory. And let's talk about that, because uh, one of the questions that they're going to be basing it on is the type of sex that is... That that is that is have that uh, that people are having, and it it could that could lead to a ban for up to three months. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, regardless of your sexual orientation, so if you're 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 gay, straight, or however you identify, everyone's going to be asked these same questions. And one of the questions that uh, they they will ask is if you've engaged in. Uh, uh, anal uh, sex, in, uh, um, and if you if you have recently, they're going to give you an automatic uh, three month uh, deferral. And um, what uh, the pro- the reason the pro- there's a problem with that is we know that uh, we we're not exactly sure why three months when the latest sort of scientific evidence shows that um, you know from the time you contract uh, HIV to when it shows up in your bloodstream. So, for example, they're, they're testing all blood for, for HIV, as an example. That window is about 7 to 10 days. Mm-hmm. So, really, anything beyond 10 days is uh, unnecessary, and it's uh, overly restrictive. And, and for many, it, it might as well be as though the, the band continues to happen because, mm-hmm. you know, um, certainly some sexual practices are more prevalent, for example, amongst gay and, and bisexual men than uh, in the heterosexual community. But... Research does tell us that about uh, 30 to 35% of, of self-identified heterosexual people do engage in anal sex practices. So it, it um, you know, it, it's something that should be concerning to everyone who wants to get blood. I, I wonder if, you know, how this is going to impact, if it in fact could reduce instead of opening it up to more, if it could, in, in fact, reduce the number of people eligible. I mean, when you take a look at, you know, the number of people that would engage 
engage in this so-called risky sex, um, I, I think people might be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess we'll we'll find we'll find out. Um, uh, and absolutely, you know, the science does show us that uh, engaging in in you know uh, sex is a riskier uh, behavior, causes sort of more more trauma uh, to the body, and uh, therefore a chance of uh, infections to enter into mm-hmm. uh, the, the bloodstream. So yeah, but, you know, uh, but this ban doesn't uh, take into account uh, you know those who engage in safer sex practices, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for example as well and that's something we've really been promoting through education for for decades right is to take responsibility for the the health of yourself and and for others and engage in safer sex practices but it doesn't matter here um so i think you know they need to continue to refine this policy they need to look at where you know medical technology and testing is you know right now and uh look at closing that uh that window um so that more people will be uh eligible to uh to donate certainly we know that there is a, a blood shortage and we want to encourage more donations not fewer yeah, without a doubt. How does uh, Canadian Blood Services, do you think, uh, Chris, move forward in in rebuilding trust with the community, with the LGBTQ2 plus community, uh, given everything that has happened over the past decades? Yeah, that's that's really an important question, and that's really where a lot of the work needs to, to happen. And, and I don't think they've done a good job of actually uh, communicating this latest change and uh, you know reaching out and working with the not only the LGBT community but you know various racialized communities have also been targeted by blood bans and uh, you know many would say that uh, those are clearly uh, acts of uh, discrimination as well so you know we can think of for example the Haitian community that was previously you know targeted uh, for these kind of blood bans Mm -hmm. so I think first and foremost what's really missing from uh, you know the actions of the Canadian Blood Service uh, is uh, an apology, an apology for having these discriminatory policies in place for so long. You know, if, if we're going to heal and build trust, it, it it needs to start with an acknowledgement and an acceptance of the harm that you've done. I know that uh, there there has been a human rights complaint, uh, complaint I, I believe, filed against Health Canada yes. to remove this deferral because they say, you know, it still stigmatizes. Uh, you know, that human rights complaints, those can take quite some time, Chris. Um, so this this could still be a way off. You know, absolutely. That, that human rights complaint has been ongoing for several years now, and uh, um, we'll have to actually wait and see what this actual policy looks like when it's introduced in, come September 2022 um, to see if uh, you know that human rights complaint uh, will continue or not, or or perhaps if others will will be launched. Uh, you know, clearly um, we all want a safe blood supply. There's no Absolutely. question about that. But we need to follow the latest scientific evidence and the technology, and we need to simply st- stop targeting policies that have these differential impacts and perhaps these unintended discriminatory kinds of uh, consequences. Uh, You know, all blood is equal and uh, all people should be uh, equal in Canada. 
Dr. Christopher Wells joining us this afternoon. Thanks for this, uh, Dr. Wells. Have a great weekend. Always a pleasure to chat. Yeah, take care. Uh, Dr. Wells is the Canada Research Chair for the Public Understanding of Sexual and Gender Minority Youth at McEwen University. Also, one of the one of the humans behind uh, the Pride tape that you see on uh, a lot of hockey sticks uh, these days, which is pretty awesome. Certainly, uh, have seen that at Rogers Place over the past uh, couple of years.